0: Odd Trails is a true paranormal podcast. If you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Enjoy the show.
1: Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget
0: everything that seems real. And just trust. Believe. Trapped in a Dream by Bertram Before recounting my experience, I'd like to provide some context as to why the threats that I heard in my dream affected me so profoundly. I've come across accounts of individuals who have been revived or resuscitated and claimed to have glimpsed heaven or some form of afterlife. In these instances, I hold the belief that even while technically dead, Their brains remain active, thus it is plausible for them to undergo experiences akin to dreams. Dreams, in my understanding, operate within their own temporal realm. Therefore, if the brain remains functional at the moment of death, one could theoretically experience what feels like an eternity in mere minutes, based on their personal beliefs about the afterlife. Now, I wouldn't consider myself a fervent believer in the supernatural, I lean more toward being skeptical and agnostic. While I remain open to the possibility of the supernatural, I'm also aware that the brain isn't always reliable as an instrument for perceiving reality. But enough about my beliefs. Here's my story. In 2018, at the age of 17, I encountered sleep paralysis for the first time. I found myself immobilized in my bed at my mother's house. I was surrounded by these humanoid dolls with sharp teeth. Despite having some prior knowledge of sleep paralysis by my brother, I spent the remainder of the night sleepless and filled with fear. Fast forward 10 months, and I've experienced sleep paralysis numerous times. Through trial and error, I've learned to navigate through it by calming myself, focusing on my breathing, and keeping my eyes shut to avoid the accompanying hallucinations. Although this method doesn't always free me immediately, I've learned that opening my eyes only exasperates the experience. During a week-long music festival in my country, where most attendees camp out for the duration, I decided to retire to my tent early one night to ensure that I would be well-rested for an artist's performance the following day. With earplugs to drown out the ongoing festivities, I settled onto my air mattress, cocooned in my sleeping bag and drifted off to sleep almost instantly. In my dream, I found myself disembodied, hovering above a lush green grassland adjacent to a forest. A child, adorned in a red hood reminiscent of Little Red Riding Hood, strolled through the grass toward the woods. A sense of impending dread gripped me as I attempted to warn the child of the dangers lurking within the forest. However, my efforts were futile. My perspective suddenly shifted, and I found myself seeing through the eyes of the child, powerless to alter our course. In the distance, we spotted a well, and despite my desperate pleas, the child pressed on. A voice, barely audible at first, echoed through the trees, growing louder and more insistent with each step. The voice repeated, For free! For free! The cacophony reached a crescendo as we approached the well, and a creature leaped out at us. I awoke in my bed at my mother's house. I was disoriented in the darkness. Initially unaware of my surroundings, I struggled against the paralysis gripping my body. Sensing a presence in the house, I fought to free myself of the paralysis only for the presence to become increasingly palpable. Finally, released from the paralysis, I emerged from my tent to the morning sunlight, eager to share my unsettling dream with my friends. Yet, before I could even sit down, a chilling voice pierced the air, sending me reeling back into bed, my body gripped by overwhelming numbness. Summoning all my strength, I managed to rise from my bed, only to be confronted by the ominous voice once more. It declared its intent to keep me trapped forever. Though no physical assailant was present, I felt a mounting pressure, as if gravity itself were intensifying. Driven by fear, but emboldened by a newfound realization, I defied the malevolent force, sprinting through the house until I reached the laundry room, now transformed into a surreal parlor. There, a grotesque creature emerged a spider with a human face racing toward me with malicious intent. In a moment of sheer determination, I struck out against the creature, and with a jolt, I awoke once more in my tent, bathed in sunlight. Relief flooded over me as I realized I had triumphed over whatever malevolent entity sought to ensnare me. Following that ordeal, my experiences with sleep paralysis lessened in frequency and intensity. Though it still occurs occasionally, I no longer dwell on it with the same level of trepidation. Yet, as I recount this narrative, it feels almost as if I'm issuing a challenge to whatever malevolent force I encountered in that dream. Time will tell. If anything happens, rest assured I will provide an update.
1: The Lady in the Wardrobe by Dara My mom has been telling me my sisters this story since we were little kids. I always remember hearing it for the first time and chills going down my spine, but it needs some background for it to make sense. My great-grandmother, Frances, died in 1938, when my grandmother, May, was only nine. May is my mom's mom. A few years later, my great grandfather Philip remarried, meaning my granny had a stepmother named Maggie. May didn't know that much about her mother and only had a few photos of her around the house. Fast forward a few decades and May is giving birth to my Auntie Adrian. Bear in mind, this was 1967 and my mom still vividly remembers this. So because her parents were away in the hospital, my mom and her sister were staying in their granny Maggie's house for the night, having fun and playing away. They were told they had a new sister, and after all the excitement, they soon went to bed. In the middle of the night, my mom was awoken after feeling someone tuck her into bed. She looked up and saw a woman with dark hair, wearing a white lace nightgown, moving from her bed over to her sister to tuck her in too. The lady in white then moved towards the wardrobe at the end of the bed, and pulled across the curtain, stepped inside, and disappeared. My mom, thinking this was maybe just Maggie, thought nothing of this and went back to sleep. The next morning, my mom was having breakfast, and asked her granny Maggie, who was the woman in the room last night? Maggie was naturally curious by this, and asked her to describe the woman, which she did, down to the design of the lace nightgown she was wearing. My mom then showed her where the woman had gone, and naturally enough, her granny dismissed this as just a dream or an overactive imagination. But this memory of the lady in the wardrobe remained with my mom for years. Years later, Maggie was moving houses, and all the old photographs and items were given to my grandmother, May. One day, my mom was helping her with some things and asked about the stuff from the old house. She told my mom to go have a look in her bedroom at the things she had brought home with her. May had hung up a photo of her own biological mother Frances, and when my mom walked in to have a look, she felt chills all over her body. White-faced and completely spooked, she walked back in and said, that's the woman she saw in the wardrobe. The same woman she saw in 1967, who had died in 1938, was the same woman in the photograph now hanging up in her mother's bedroom. My mom had no idea who this woman was until May told her all about her biological grandmother, Frances. When my mom first saw her that night by the wardrobe, she wasn't scared at all. She felt comforted by her tucking her into bed. Even though she had never met her biological grandmother, she was still being cared for by her decades after her death.
0: Looking to upgrade your daily meals effortlessly? Well, factors, delectable, chef-crafted dishes are here to revolutionize your dining experience. No matter where your busy schedule takes you, be ready with their convenient pre-prepared meals, carefully curated by chefs and approved by dietitians. With a rotating selection of over 35 enticing options each week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and beyond, there's something to satisfy every palate and dietary preference. Plus... You can elevate your meals even further with their extensive range of over 55 nutritious add-ons, ensuring your weekly meal planning is both nutritious and tantalizing. Don't hesitate any longer. Kickstart your journey to a week filled with wholesome, ready-to-go meals today. They have two-minute meals where you can fuel up faster with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. They've got snacks, smoothies, and more. You'll discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. I actually spent two days straight eating nothing but factor meals, and I felt really, really good. I liked their food. I was thoroughly impressed. You can sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast upscale options done easily. And they're also flexible. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. There's no prep and there's no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash trails50 and use code trails50 to get 50% off. That's code trails50 at factormeals.com slash trails50 to get 50% off. Now back to the show. The Hooded Woman by Tormentor. I would like to share three sleep paralysis experiences of mine, and in return, I hope someone will be able to identify this particular demon that has appeared in my sleep paralysis episodes. I will be quoting from my dream journal, and also from memory. Just so you know, the best way that I can describe the demon in the first two entries is that she was dressed like The Woman in Black, from the 2012 film. She wasn't her, of course, but in terms of general aura, and the way that I understood her to be dressed, that's probably the best description I can give. Entry number one. I had a terrifying experience last night. I dreamt that I was being held in my room at my old house by some sort of demonic entity, a witch perhaps, but she had a physical appearance which at the same time was shadow-like. The context seemed to be that she thought she was my mother. Whether it was true or not, I don't know. And she kept me in my room to keep me from my family because she didn't want to lose me. I don't know if I was having sleep paralysis at this point, but I heard the floorboards creak as she walked back and forth in my room. I could also hear her ghostly breath and then she came into my bed, next to me, as if to cuddle me. It felt very real, too real. I could hear her breathing right next to my ear, and I could even feel her. When I awoke, I couldn't remember if I was in my old room or my current one, but I was almost paralyzed with fear. Now it should be noted that I would sleep on a single bed facing the same direction in my current room and old room. Entry number two. I had a dream after that, which involved the same entity, but this time, she was in my current room, and she once again came into my bed. I felt the duvet covers being lifted, and I felt and heard her breathing very vividly, just like last time. Entry number three. This was the most recent one from April 16th of last year. I don't know if this was supposed to be the same entity. I was lying in bed, in my room in the old house, and I felt the covers being pulled off of me. Then I was face to face with the she-demon, Lilith. I couldn't see her properly, the dark obscured her, but I heard some faint voice say, Look upon the face of Lilith, but I didn't want to. Because I had a hunch that her face was too horrible to look at. Thanks for reading if you made it that far. I look forward to your thoughts.
1: Quito, Ecuador by Emily. A few years ago, right before the pandemic, I traveled around Ecuador with my sister, brother in law, and a few friends for a week. We landed in Quito and stayed there for the first night. The hotel was absolutely beautiful, but had an odd feel to it. You needed a key to use the elevator, and it only went to your floor or the main floor. Being creeped out in the hotel and unable to get to any of my friends or my sister, since we were all on different floors, I waited outside until it was time for us to leave the hotel the next day. After spending the week traveling to a different beautiful place every day, we stayed at the same hotel, since it shuttled to the airport. That last night, we were all on different floors again. I went to my room to get ready for dinner. Once I was done, I got into the elevator to meet up with everyone. I hit the button to the main floor, and the doors closed. I was staying on the fourth floor, and when I looked up from my phone, it was taking me to the tenth floor. The elevator stopped, and the doors opened. All the lights were out in the hallways, except for one flickering bulb off to the left side. The paint was a different color from everything else in the hotel, and the carpet looked old and dirty, and the whole floor had a dark, unsettling feeling. I kept hitting the button to go down to the main level, and that's when it clicked. I never even used my key to go to the main level so I used it and finally made my way down to my group. They could tell I was being weird, but I couldn't talk about it. I felt like I wasn't safe to say anything until we were away from the hotel. It felt like I crossed dimensions in that elevator that night and still get chills thinking about it.
0: The Blue Orb by Crucial Bra I'm gathering more information on anyone who has experienced a genuine, true sighting. My aim is to connect with these individuals to discuss their sightings and explore what happened before and after the event. The only factor that has allowed my friends and family to even remotely accept what I saw, or what I've been experiencing at home, is through them witnessing it themselves. I had a UFO sighting while my wife was in the car with me, but she didn't see it. This discrepancy nearly drove us to the brink of divorce. It's an extremely touchy topic, and if I didn't have enough knowledge to sift through all of the sensationalism and the pseudoscience, and if I simply believed without proper vetting through articles or scientific papers, I think it would have led us down a destructive path. My sighting was so clear and so profound that it changed my life, and I've discussed it with everybody that I know. Initially, they may have laughed, but once I presented the evidence of government involvement, cattle mutilations, and the aerial school interviews, my conversations were taken more seriously. It's also important to avoid focusing solely on the more creepy aspects that people may not be ready to accept. A bit about my sighting. It occurred on December 13th, 2022. I observed a star-like object roughly two miles away. In less than 10 seconds, the object changed color, first to blue, then to a whitish, hot hue at the bottom. It then disappeared into a wispy cloud that emanated from the back of our car as I was driving at 80 miles per hour. The night sky was exceptionally clear, to the point where I stopped counting the number of shooting stars that we saw that night. The object was only around 200 meters away and 100 feet above us. Interestingly, the History Channel has footage of the exact phenomenon I witnessed, but they labeled it blue lava. Darcy Weir ignored my story and attempted to use my MUFON contact. Regardless, I'm interested in hearing about your own blue orb sightings, or whether anything significant occurred mentally either before or after. For me, despite the near-divorce incident, my life has become immensely fulfilling. My wife and I are now happier and more successful in our own ways than ever before. I'm a prior military member, cavalry scout in fact, and it was a major part of my job to be able to see and calculate distance and so forth by just eye examination. I believe my story is one of many.
1: Meditation Miracle by Logan The first time that I ever meditated was a few years back now. To preface this, I had been a long-time drug addict, as well as an alcoholic. I knew nothing about meditation, or anything metaphysical or paranormal. This was nothing more than a last-ditch, desperate attempt to feel something. Anyway. After taking upwards of 200 milligrams of Adderall every single day, among other things, for over seven years, and watching my entire life fall apart, I decided enough was enough. I chose to lock myself in my apartment until I had kicked my habits enough to function. A couple of months in, in my absolutely trashed apartment, Lying on a futon at the very end of my rope, wishing that I could just curl up and die to escape the absolute torment of withdrawal and severe depression, I decided to give meditation a try. If it hadn't worked, my plan was to give up entirely, if you know what I mean. I sat there on the floor, listening to the hum of the vent fan on the microwave, And I just focused. I focused with every ounce of my being on nothing more than myself. I focused on my breathing, my heartbeat, etc. I let all of my anxiety and worries escape to the furthest reaches of the back of my mind, and I just continued to focus. After a few minutes, each breath I took felt like it was for lack of better phrasing, powering me up. I could feel this intense vibration coming up through my feet, through my legs, into my midsection, chest, and up into my head. Everything, and I mean everything, faded away. And all that was left was me, my breath, and the hum of the vent. Suddenly, it felt like this huge burst of energy shot up through the top of my head, and before I knew it, I was floating in the air above my still-sitting body. Everything went black then, and I found myself floating through nothingness for what felt like hours. It almost looked like space. Then suddenly, this bright light overtook everything, and I was immediately aware that I was in the presence of something much larger than myself. As soon as I finally saw it, I froze, and fear took over. It was enormous. By enormous, I mean it was literally the size of a mountain, floating or flying right in front of me in the black abyss. This thing was covered in wings and eyes. It never directly spoke to me, but I could hear it in my head, if that makes sense. It told me to not be afraid and that it was only there to help me. It told me to stop worrying about the state of my life, my mistakes, my failures, everything. It told me that life is infinite and that every living thing is connected. It showed me the world through the eyes of everyone and everything at once. It told me that I wasn't Logan, but that I was something else entirely, and have been around far longer than the life I was currently living, and would be around for even longer still. I'm paraphrasing because, again, it never spoke any words. It communicated with me in thoughts, images, and experiences. Suddenly, I was back in my body, sitting on the floor of my disgusting, dirty apartment, with my arms outstretched toward the ceiling. I don't know what this thing was, but I have never had any experience that felt as real and authentic as this did. Not once in my life. Nothing. I know none of this makes a whole lot of sense, but what it did do for me is completely remove my desire for drugs. I've been sober ever since. My depression is gone now as well. I went from being an utter failure at the end of my rope to the district manager of my current company in the span of just a couple of years. I have a fiance now, a wonderful home tons of friends, and I'm completely healthy. I have no idea what that entity was or how it did what it did, but I figured I would share this with you, in hopes that someone might know. I've tried to get back to that place through meditation since then, many times, and it has never worked. The experience itself was incredibly intense and overwhelming. And sometimes I'm not even sure that I want it to happen again. Thanks for listening to my story.
0: so I've been torn about paranormal orbs for a long time. On one hand, I can see how you'd believe that they're just dust particles reflecting light into the camera
1: lens.
0: (laughs) However, stories
1: like our blue orb story this week completely throw that idea out the window. Right, and the author mentioned being a Calvary scout at the end of their story, so I'd imagine they would have enough experience to not mistake dust for what they saw.
0: Yeah, and orbs are pretty frequently caught on camera in paranormal investigation videos, and they're usually believed to be spirits in that line of work. Yeah. But I've also read some theories on orbs, specifically blue orbs being angels or a sign of good fortune.
1: Yeah, it could also be the blue fairy
0: from Pinocchio. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking of the globe of peace that Padme gives to the Gungans at the end of The Phantom Menace. Whoa. Hey now spoilers <laughs> to be fair that there is a very good chance that a number of our
1: younger listeners have never seen the prequels. I mean, I guess that's technically what would make it a spoiler, <laughs> yeah. but not to be that guy. I mean, they're just the prequels. Yeah. Although I'll admit Darth Maul was cool and actually kind of liked episode three. I loved episode three. Honestly, I watched them a million times when I was younger,
0: but I started to hate them with everybody else when I watched all of the online hate videos, but I slowly grew to appreciate them again. It's all because of this analysis that I found on YouTube. It's called How to Watch Star Wars. Rick Worley, the YouTuber, does a really great job at researching and finding all of the comparisons of scenes from those movies that are just homages to classic cinema. And he really went in-depth into Lucas's interviews and concepts for the prequels. And I'll be honest, I'm
1: converted at 37, and I thoroughly believe that they're really good movies. Remember the song Jar Jar Binks Must Die? That was huge back in our day. Yeah, when (laughs) you said the online hate videos, that was like the first that started it all. Oh, yeah. I might have to give them another shot. I liked the sequels, though. Or maybe Adam Driver just did a really good job. Mm -hmm. I liked the fact Kylo Ren was so imperfect. He showed a lot of vulnerability, unlike your typical bad boy antagonist.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed them in the theaters. Uh, I would say that after some rewatches at home, I'm not the biggest fan anymore of the newer ones. Yeah. It just, there was so much fan service, and it felt like they were just money-making fan service machines. But. I definitely
1: liked Kylo Ren enough and he stole the show. Yeah, I guess it's fair to say we both just like Kylo Ren a lot.
0: (laughs) Star Wars is cool.
1: Yeah, Star Wars. I like the pinball machines. (laughs) So uh, how about that blue orb? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, sorry. I kind of went off on an odd trail there, so to speak.
0: Uh, Back to the spooky stuff. Anyway, so I could definitely see orbs being somehow related to fairy lore like in pinocchio like you said i I think i'll reach out to the author and see if we can get some more information because they seem to be pretty well invested in their efforts to solve the mystery and apparently have experience with mufon
1: yeah just give them a call (laughs) i forgot to tell you actually i had a dream a couple days ago that you were standing inside a phone booth with the receiver (laughs) against your ear and your hand got stuck in your tiny little pocket trying to pull out some quarters. <laughs> the little quarter pocket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you were freaking out and acting like it was stuck there forever. You were <laughs> bouncing around in there like like a fly trapped underneath a shot glass. It was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. That sounds like one of my
0: nightmares. I have dreams like that all the time. That's so funny. I haven't seen a payphone and. Well, I'll be honest, I was on tour maybe six or seven years ago with a band and we stopped in the Bay Area and there was one at a gas station that I took a picture with, but it's been quite some time. And before that, I can't even remember the last time I saw one,
1: but it still sounds like it could happen to me. Well, if it does, I got the fire brigade on speed dial.
0: Well, seeing as how dreams come true, you could just speed dial the author yourself and save me (laughs) all of the trauma before that happens.
1: (laughs) I guess I could do that for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I remember a dream you shared on here a while back about seeing a dark figure with a plague mask that Mm -hmm. you somehow believed was your mom, right?
0: Yeah, totally. And that's why I included the hooded woman story this week, because I could
1: completely relate to it. I figured it it felt familiar. Mm -hmm. That was so creepy, almost like a dream mimic.
0: Yeah, that's the last thing we need, though. I'm not into cryptids and dream demons forming new paranormal entities like Voltron.
1: Yeah the uh, the appearance of the demon lilith was really creepy and mm. definitely not the author's mom at least i don't think
0: yeah once we got to that point in the story i was like nope
1: you've got yourself a demon it ain't your mom don't look at it yeah she wasn't so bad in diablo 4 though I actually kind of a uh, kind of like her if you know what i mean <laughs> yeah we kicked her ass fairly easily though she deserved it <laughs> I'm sad we had to move on from that game though. It was fun, but it just wasn't the same after that first run through and it got so repetitive. Mm-hmm. But at least we still have Baldur's Gate 3 to try out. Ah
0: uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it depends on how much time we want to give up in our lives because
1: you know how we get once we start a game like that. Yeah. I just can't do it like I used to anymore, especially with the podcast, even though gaming is an activity and it's definitely fun. It yeah. still just feels so passive. Yeah. I get antsy and need to do something that at least feels somewhat productive. I'm always trying to carve out time to create something or learn about whatever. I've been talking to my
0: therapist about that to kind of sidetrack things even more. And she was telling me that like, that's healthy. But at the same time, to the extreme that we do it because we're so similar, it's not necessarily that healthy. Like, Mm -hmm. we should definitely give ourselves plenty of downtime to do things like video games. But I guess you could say we're becoming more like our fathers. Yeah. It's nice getting away from screens, period. And I can't imagine how unnatural that's got to feel for some teenagers who were glued to tablets as toddlers before graduating to smartphones. It's all they know.
1: Yeah. I mean, you and I, we both grew up with a TV, but I think the portability of smartphones and the endless options of what to consume make those things claw deeper into our brains than a yeah. handful of video games and TV channels that we got to choose from from the living room. Yeah. In theory, there was more room for boredom to eventually set in. Yeah. I mean, it still takes some effort. And I've seen people twice my age who are addicted to their phones, but. I wouldn't be surprised if it were at least a little easier to take a step back from it all if you graduated high school without a smartphone or some some timeline around there.
0: Yeah, probably. Less conditioning during development or something,
1: but mm-hmm. like any other tool, it's how you use it. Good point, good point. I guess there's a difference between staring at a screen for 12 hours a day studying astrophysics or something, or six hours a day playing Bubble Wrap Simulator (laughs) 7. Yeah, this is a
0: simulator for everything. I say let's just stay positive. These kids stuck on
1: their phones could all just be studying flashcards. There you go. But yeah, that was a tangent. (laughs) All of that is to say, as fun as it can be to hold on to the simpler times of our childhood, playing video games all day and creating an illusion of having no responsibilities, our brains are always just like, I see what you're trying to do, but you're not fooling me or yourself. Yeah. Now test all the smoke alarms in your house and go get your brakes checked.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah. I spent all morning cleaning out my gutters and it was so good for my brain. I feel so much better. Now, now I feel like I'm allowed to sit at the computer and do this with you. And then when we're done with work, play some video games. Yeah. It,
1: it, it's about like a balance, you know? Exactly. There's a really good book that I recently finished called Discipline is Destiny by Ryan Holiday, and he's like one of those modern Stoic philosopher types who basically rehash the Stoic philosophers in modern language and makes it more digestible for us, and yeah, he says similar things. I'm with you there. Yep, just balance. Yep. So that whole meditation story from Logan was really something. Mm-hmm. My heart goes out to you, dude, and I'm not just saying that.
0: Yeah, same here. It was a really bumpy ride, and I- I'm glad you're doing
1: better. I think what makes his experience so remarkable is that it was his first time ever meditating, and he basically had no idea what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Even if it were to be written off as just an out-of-body experience, and I say just sarcastically, <laughs> yeah. there are people who have been heavily in tune with their spiritual side for decades and still haven't experienced anything close to this while actively trying, so it's weird that he was able to reach that level.
0: Yeah, and he had been off drugs for a while, so I don't think it was just conveniently timed hallucinations or something. Plus, his experience seemed to be very direct and purposeful. Obviously not a doctor, (laughs) but that makes me think that it wasn't just a short lapse of psychosis or something like that.
1: Exactly. And all that aside, it still could have come from entirely within, but there's also the chance his desperation and sincerity had inadvertently tapped into this spiritual plane and Mm. God, the universe, or whoever, or whatever, actually delivered a message to him.
0: Yeah. Either way, it's pretty awesome that experiences like this do happen. I think both explanations are plausible. Personally, I'm leaning towards the metaphysical, though.
1: Yeah, same. Somebody close to me actually had a very similar experience. I don't want to put their name out there since they weren't at their best either, but it was pretty much identical, except they were really drunk at the time and also high off of who knows what. Mm -hmm. And they were at rock bottom in their bedroom crying and then decided to start praying, which they also never really did. And then they suddenly felt a huge wave of energy and light flow through their body. Mm. something that they said they hadn't ever felt before and that the energy communicated some sort of reassurance that everything was going to be okay. They said it felt like they got hugged by somebody who loves them for the first time in their life. Mm. And not only that, and this is where it gets really mind-blowing, but their body instantly sobered up as if they hadn't consumed anything at all and weren't just on the verge of blacking out.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's almost identical to Logan's story. At first, I was thinking that they were just tripping out or something, but that presence that they felt seems really similar, and then instantly
1: sobering up. That's crazy. Headline, breathalyzer manufacturers and police departments hate this one little trick. (laughs) Yeah. You won't believe what it is. Won't believe it,
0: yep. (laughs) There really does have to be something more to all of this. For our listeners, We've asked for your dream stories, but now I want to hear, I guess, your prayer and meditation stories. The universe is crazy. I'm speechless, honestly.
1: Yeah, send them in. I'd love to hear similar stories. I have no doubt that either of those stories were as true as I told them. Mm -hmm. I still have goosebumps, actually.
0: (laughs) Yeah, same. Gave me chills. Those were both really good stories. I I feel like I need to align my chakras or something.
1: (laughs) Funny you say that, but... To make a separate long story short, lots of odd trailing off here, mm-hmm. but I met somebody the other day who- Ooh later la re- la, do <laughs> tell. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Let's roll with it. Okay. She, uh, she later revealed that she's a clairvoyant and also does guided meditations and spiritual healing type of stuff. Okay. And within a couple of minutes of meeting and not having any prior conversations, she starts going off with some spot-on psychoanalysis about me. She mentioned things about how I feel and how I see the world that only some of the people closest to me ever learn about or pick up on. It, it was really weird. So what now? She's just going to align your chakras? <laughs> we'll see what happens. She's, she's going to do a guided meditation session that's apparently catered to my specific spiritual needs and offer some soul searching revelations afterward i'm not sure exactly what you'd call that but chakras were mentioned later on in our conversation nice i can't wait to hear about it i know you've been pretty skeptical
0: about some of that stuff in the past i mean i did the sound bath thing oh yeah that was pretty effective honestly i purged afterwards it was crazy Hmm. but uh yeah i remember you being pretty skeptical about that kind of stuff
1: mostly just because people are imperfect and the waters get even murkier when money is involved. Mm -hmm. It's not even because I hang my hat on hard science and only trust that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I'm good at getting quick reads on people and I could tell she was at least being sincere with the things that she told me and how she presented herself. So we'll see how it goes. Worst case scenario, I'm out 50 bucks and she can go wild at Applebee's. (laughs) Yeah. Or you astral project so far that we never get you
0: back (laughs) or that. Yeah. Just stay safe. Peace out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's going to wrap things up for us. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you send your stories in to stories at oddtrails.com. All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. If you want to support the show and get access to ad free versions of all of our episodes at a higher bit rate, Head over to patreon.com forward slash odd trails to sign up and support the show today. And make sure you check out the new episodes of my other podcasts like Let's Not Meet and the Old Time Radio cast all at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see y'all next week in Encore. Everybody stay safe.
1: Peace out.
0: when the ghouls disturb you, darling.